All right, everyone, I want you to stand up right now. Take out your phones. Take a selfie with your neighbor. It's time to get social. Welcome to the 11th Amazing Race 28 recap episode of the Your Team Number podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as ever is one guy from the Silicon Valley of Canada, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. And the lady who could tell anyone what a minuet is, Michelle Pierce-Denovan. Good morning. Good morning. So, previously, five teams continued racing through Bali. Uh, a diving active route info, Dana and Matt got off to a rocky start when they couldn't work out how to open their first clue. At the detour, teams chose between embracing the face cream or embracing nuts and cocks. Tyler and Corey used the U-turn on Kurt and Brody and Bernie and Ashley burned theirs to stop the Fruits Bros having a chance at a survival. At the roadblock, Cole conquered his fears while Tyler and Corey conquered the leg and saw their old rivals Kurt and Brody become the seventh team of the season to be eliminated. And Team Sums now head to Shenzhen in China and search the departure hall of the airport for their next clue. And yet there is very little zen about this leg. Yeah, we got our villains of the season finally, and contrary to popular belief, it wasn't Dana and Matt. And it's not with with it's. There's no hashtag involved in it. We're just throwing the hashtag out the window. Yeah, my hatred of hashtags in Amazing Race is very well documented. And one good thing that I will say about this season is that they haven't had any team hashtags at least. No, you you just know them. You people actually have tried to learn their names this season. It's quite a change. Yeah, and 11 full intros in a row. I know I've stopped mentioning that, but we've actually had departure times and intros for every leg, I think. I'm starting to think producers do listen to this podcast. (laughs) You think? If they did, they would have put in a, ooh, face cream from last week. Just a sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah, we know you guys. They'll do that in the finale. That's that's more of a finale thing, Michael. (laughs) I would love it if um, Phil... (laughs) If Phil says in the previously on segment, and Kurt and Brody got some face cream off a local. Alrighty, moving along. Old news, Michael, old news. We're on, we're on to greater and better things. I've got to cling on to what was funny last week, because there's not a lot that was funny this week for me. I, I would disagree with that. It's just a kind of a there leg for me. Take it or leave it. Well, there was 135 things that were there. 135 world landmarks all crammed into... A uh, little theme park. I'm very disappointed that, given that it, the show is produced by Buena Vista, they didn't even get the rights to use It's a Small World. That would have been just perfect, because that was what it came up as on the um, the lower third. Roadblock. It's a Small World. Come on! Play it over and over again until we go absolutely insane, just like in Disneyland. I want that stuck in someone's head, please. By the end of that ride in Disneyland, you're ready to kill yourself. It's like, it goes on and on and on. That should be the tagline for the ride. <laughs> Peter, it'll, welcome to this ride. It'll make you kill yourself. <laughs> Try and get to the end. 
<laughs> you know, in in Shrek, when they get to Lord Farquaad's land and they they have those miniature figures playing, that is a parody of It's a Small World. <laughs> I love It's a Small World, though. I can't lie. It's, it's one of my highlights every time I go to Disneyland. <laughs> that scene was also a parody of the... From Shrek, there was a parody of the... 1960s TV show, um, The Village. <laughs> British TV show. Really famous. I know Canada has only just got the 1960s, Logan, but still. My dad just well, re-watched all the episodes from that series. <laughs> I can't talk. I, I do things like watch the original British House of Cards and... Oh, it's not called The Village. It's called The Prison. The Prisoner. The Prisoner, yes. The that prisoner. would explain why I have never heard of it, Logan. There you go. How old is Because I made up something that didn't exist. <laughs> I am not a number. In fact, British Mole, when they went to uh, the Channel Islands, did have a, uh, a challenge themed around The Prisoner, because it was filmed there. It doesn't surprise me, considering it's one of the most influential things from British television of all time. And Why just haven't I heard about this? And, even better, The Prisoner didn't even have six episodes and end with everyone drinking hemlock. And there was multiple Simpsons parodies of it as well. Well, there was a whole episode with uh, when Homer was Mr. X and taken to the island. Mr. X... What year was this produced? 63, I think. Why haven't I heard of it was this? A cold, my, it was my... a... I'm just going to Google that now, but if I am correct, I'm going to be very impressed. I think it was 63. Yeah, it was commentary on the Cold War, is essentially what it was. Right. Oh, so close. 68. Five years off, you're okay. Damn it. Who's the main actor from that show? Patrick McGugan. Yes. He just died a few years ago, and he was actually part of the Simpsons parody of it. Uh, and everyone yet again is on the same flight. It's a 1.45am flight. I don't know about you guys in, in your countries, but Australia has a curfew. We don't have flights going out at that time of the day. Yeah, I don't think we have that many flights at that time of night. Having said that, my flight from Abu Dhabi to home was at about two in the morning. Wow, a curfew there. Yeah, there's no curfew in Abu Dhabi at least. Um, what happened to the camera work in the airport? Did you see that? When some when a team was running and the other camera was running after them, it was literally, it was like if I was carrying a camera trying to run after a team. It was all over the shop. I've got a feeling that that clue box location may have been a backup choice. Something must have fallen through because we never see clues actually in the airport terminal because that is very public. Mm. Usually they do it in the parking garage where they have the clue box set up or, you know, on the... When on the dashboard of back in the day when teams would self-drive uh, frequently. But yeah, I can't really think of a time where it's been right in the middle of a big airport ter- terminal. Especially as Shenzhen is like an hour away from Hong Kong as well. So people could just be going across for the day, basically. It's funny, though, that Phil was forced to talk up the airport as a route marker location, referring to it as futuristic. But yet, when teams landed in that airport... It didn't seem all that advanced in, in contrast to other major airports. How shiny was that floor? It was insane. It was freshly waxed before teams showed up. If Kurt and Brody were there, um, I'm sure that uh, Brody would have just uh, tripped his knee up on it again. What they should have done is had it at the end of a massive slip and slide. Yes, that would make the, the clue in the airport terminal uh, much, much more interesting as if it was home to the first indoor airport slip and slide. That's one way to pull away uh, to pull away users from the Hong Kong airport. That's an hour away. Be like, hey, which airport are you going to go to? The the one with the slip and slide, or one without a slip and slide? Slip and I choose slide. the slip and slide. So do I. Um, 
I was going to say, oh yeah, Bernie was making a joke that his flight was connecting through Kuwait. And with all the forced flights that we've seen in recent seasons, and especially with this season outside of the Columbia leg, it would it would be great if just one time producers just made teams connect through the most inconvenient, most out-of-the-way city possible just to and the teams be like, be like, here, here's your required flight. You have to fly from Bali through to London, back to Shenzhen. It would be like the Mauritius incident from Amazing Race 10 all over again. Just massively inconvenient. Yeah, and be like, wow, I just lost two or three days of the 21-day race course because we had to connect through a city that's on the other side of the globe, and now we have to have two rounds in Bali and then two rounds in Shenzhen just to make up for it. But the problem there is, of course, that it inconvenience production as well, because they don't want to be like 15 hours ahead of uh, of everyone, because they'd be bored off the faces. Eh, they can just party it up for a bit, you know. It's they actually get to have a rest while the other teams are doing nothing. So Tyler and Corey deceive Sherry and Cole in the airport and try and convince them that they haven't uh, found the clue yet. And once teams find the clue, they have to travel to the window of the world by bus and train. And climb the Eiffel Tower where they find their next clue. Did you catch Corey's over-the-top wink to the camera when they were deceiving Sherry and Cole? Like, their plan was foolproof that there's no way Sherry and Cole will find the clue in the airport now because they just deceived them. And then two seconds later, Bernie comes by waving the clue uh, as much as possible. Like, oh yeah, yeah, we, we found it. Uh, I don't know I don't know how you didn't find it, Sherry and Cole. Um, well, I mean, we, we all for sure found it unless somebody lied to you, but who would do that? I'm sorry, nothing will ever top the Brian and Cynthia wink. Or the Brian and Cynthia look. Police officers? We don't know the first thing about police work. <laughs> I really hope they top, uh, or they manage to at least equal Brian and Cynthia. So, once teams get to the Wonder of the World, it's a roadblock, which is who wants to see the world. And in this roadblock, one team member must solve six riddles relating to the monuments in the park and collect stamps from each place to stick in their passport. Once their passport's approved, they'll receive their next clue. Please note, Tyler, Bernie, Sherry, and Dana must do this roadblock. And as forced roadblocks go, this really wasn't a difficult one. Is this the first time a penultimate leg where all four teams had somebody required to do the roadblock? I know we've discussed it in prior weeks where it was two teams having to do the last three roadblocks in a row, but is this the first one where it's like everybody had somebody required to do it before the finale? Didn't 27 have this? Oh, okay. So we haven't seen this in a long time. We haven't seen this since all the way back in about early December. Man, <laughs> it's been ages. Yeah, for a forced roadblock, this wasn't a really difficult one. Before the roadblock, it was hilarious when uh, Bernie and Ashley and Sherry are, and Cole are on the trailing bus together, and Sherry still hasn't figured out that Tyler and Corey uh, deceived her about the clue. So then... Uh, it's, it's just funny to see, like, Sherry's innocence ruined when Bernie's like, yeah, yeah, they, they lied to you. They found the clue. And Sherry just has the best shocked, devastated expression on her face possible. Like, what? Lied? I, I, didn't, I didn't think anybody could possibly do that to me. She's so trusting. Yes. I think when the dust is all settled on this season, Sherry will be the MVP regardless. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever going to deny that. Yeah, if there was like a NHL hockey three stars, Sherry probably gets one, Dana gets the second one, and then um, who would get the third star? Um, let's be honest. If you're picking Max and Elias, 
Yes, Max and Elias would get the third star. And Tyler and Dana, for the first time all season, are shown working together, although apparently they've been working together all season. They worked together on the flags roadblock in, in, the, in the Geneva leg. And Bernie gets an advantage because despite the fact he's working alone, he sees that Tyler and Dana have left all their sticker backs in every box they've used. Clever. Do I really have to go into this? This is stupid. Go into it. Especially in the final four, why on earth would you do this sort of thing and leave evidence of where you've been to other races that could then give them an advantage? No idea. No idea at all. It's just a face-palmingly awful strategy because that probably helped Bernie leave in first, let's be honest. Well, Bernie was going to be good at it anyway, so it wasn't going to make much of a difference. But seriously, though, I think it's just a testament uh, to the team's not taking Shireen Cole seriously at all this round. Because it's like, yeah, whatever, we will just, you know, the sticker back thing, who cares? Um, you know, uh, deceive them about the clue, they're still going to be trailing anyway. And just, there was even the one quote to early on, I think it was right after the roadblock when Tyler, Dane, and Bernie had all finished it. And then Tyler said, oh, it's going to be a race for who gets first place this leg. Like, everyone after the roadblock was just thinking that, Sherry and Cole were going to go home by default this round. Yeah, Sherry and Cole were thinking that, though, as well. Yes, that is true. But I think it just reinforces that everyone thought this was just going to be an easy round and that the final three was already a foregone conclusion. But little do they know, that was not the case. So Tyler and Dana are the first to attempt to get their passports damped, but they get the Taj Mahal clue wrong. I was amazed how that, like the Taj Mahal thing, I... I mean, it doesn't completely shock me that teams would screw up on that. But the Coliseum, I was amazed that people tripped up on that as soon as I think, like, uh, reenact- reenactments and stuff. I, You know, with battling, I instantly think of the Coliseum. I think that clue was slightly obscure, though, because reenactments don't actually happen inside the Coliseum any- anymore because it's so damaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically a giant open-air museum now because there's so many holes in the floor and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was a slightly vague clue. I mean, if you look at the list of 130-odd attractions and think which ones is it most likely to be, you're probably going to come up with the Coliseum fairly quickly. But I'll let them off with that one because it was a slightly obscure clue. And it seemed like it was like you couldn't struggle for too long with finding the landmarks. There's enough people around to help you. Or in Sherry's case... She asked if somebody spoke English in the most southern way possible. I was highly amused. She was like, do y'all speak English? It's like, wow, Sherry, I think you may or may not be from the south. (laughs) Fun facts, one of the 130 attractions was the traffic light from uh, Sherry and Cole's town. The one that's flashing yellow. Exactly. (laughs) So Tyler and Dana's mistake lets Bernie leave the robot first with Dana and Tyler in second and third, and Sherry in last, and teams must now cross the Moon Bridge in Lychee Park and find a band of musicians who have their next clue. I hear Tyler and Corey had a speed bump after the roadblock because Tyler had pissed himself, uh, thanks to Dana's uh, encouragement. (laughs) I think it's pretty funny that they show Dana being encouraging to literally everyone else but Matt. I mean, I love Dana, and yes, we had the sweet moment with her encouraging him, a couple of weeks ago, but it's hilarious that every single non-Matt moment we see of Dana is just her being really sweet and really nice and really friendly. 
Well, I don't know if being nice and friendly is is really the right thing when Urin is involved in the production crew that has to sit with Tyler for the rest of the day <laughs> in taxis. But it was, and it was just great how serious she was about it, too. She's like, pee your pants, I swear. Just just pee yourself. You know, you, we didn't come here to lose, Tyler. It's probably for the best that she was not Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Piss yourself, Tyler! Is that the second time you made that reference this season? Yes, it is. <laughs> I didn't even mean to set you up for that. Or Bernie getting angry during the roadblock too, where he where he was referencing or he was saying, "Oh, they're, Dana and Tyler are just a couple of jackasses working together. Who does that? Who's a jackass now? Who's the jackass now? Yes." And then all I can think was, people working together on this season has pretty much been going on since round one, and as far as I can remember, between the Switzerland roadblock. And the car changing roadblock in Armenia that Tyler and Corey and Dana and Matt have had an alliance for a very long time. And in fact, Bernie Nashley had an alliance going on with Kurt and Brody. And then Sharon Cole had their little coalitions with Aaron and Jocelyn and Jessica and Brittany. So, can you really be surprised that the only day one alliance that's still left intact continues to choose to uh, work together? And and, and you, they even were, and Bernie Nashley were even working with those two teams to eliminate Curtin Brody in the previous round. Dear production, please can we have a really really fraught season twenty nine? Please can everyone just not get along? Yeah, I think uh, I think a wise man once said that uh, in L.A. So everyone gets a on location report apart from Sherry and Cole and. Once they get to the Moon Bridge, it's a detour which is Commuter Cycle or Master of Arts. And in Commuter Cycle, teams must learn how to ride a motorised unicycle and head through a pedestrianised area, riding it to receive their next clue. And in Master of Arts, teams must transport a series of paintings and hang them correctly in a gallery to receive their next clue. There was an actual unicycle task this season. I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> Cam and Darius would have gotten their wish if they made it to the Final Four. The only team that can do well on a unicycle... Missed out on the ones on the on the season that they were in that had a unicycle. <laughs> and Bernie and Ashley are super fans, right? Why on earth would you go to the unicycle task? Why? Why would you do that to yourself? Especially when there's that one video where Bernie tried to use a similar device and ended up just fall doing a complete face plant. It must have been so much nearer to Moonbridge. Because there is no way in hell you should be picking that task ever. I can't believe Sherry was so good at it. You know, considering Cole rides skateboards and surfs and things like that, and you've got some balance going on, he was a shocker at the beginning. And the one note I have about these detours is, God, Tyler and Corey really want to force these couple of rose references on us, don't they? Every single leg. What have we done, Michael? What have we done? At least we do it in reference to Kurt and Brody and face cream. Yes. And they even hashtag the car- Carpenter jocks on screen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they really like Tyler and Corey, don't they? And who was it? Was it Bernie and Ashley that when they switched to the the Master of Arts detour that they didn't even think there was an overall pattern at first? Just randomly put things up on the wall? It's just like they had a massive brain fart. Yeah. They screwed themselves. Seriously, why would you ever think there isn't a pattern? Just, just random. Just put everything up anywhere. Just dump it everywhere. <laughs> They would only do that on Family Edition. It's abstract. Way to go, Carissa. They're laughing at him. 
Why did they tell them they had to have the level in between each piece before they even started? Why did the people just let them go for it? I don't understand that. Because these details were so imbalanced that they needed to add in some sort of difficulty to try and make sure that no one would complete it in the first go. So frustrating. Yeah, it seemed like the yeah the commuter cycle. Bernie and Ashley, I guess, wasted 40 minutes at that detour option before switching and still only lost this round by about five minutes total. But, like, that's how imbalanced it was, is that even with the switching over to the other one, it's just that commuter cycle ate up so much time uh, that it was still a close call. It's the age-old detour choice of something boring but easy or something fun but hard. Always go for boring but easy. Every time. Even if it makes for crappy television. Exactly, even if it makes it very difficult for us to talk about it. Which is a shame, because why not have two tasks that are fun for television? I mean, there's only so much footage you can watch of Hamry and Nail. It was much It was much like watching the carpet threading task or the bloody fingers task uh, during the Caucasus rounds. But we did get to find out that Matt used to uh, flip houses to make money so he could move to LA and dance. Yeah, I wasn't. That was a very random piece of information that I wasn't quite expecting. Because we've, when you think of the imbalance in confessionals and airtime for Dana and Matt, we know about twenty times more about Dana than we do about Matt. I think there's been some episodes where Dana's racked up like five or six or seven confessionals, and we don't hear a word from Matt. And then here we are, you know, episode eleven, and we suddenly learn that Matt has a background in flipping houses. All coming together to the Dana and Matt glorious winner edit, Logan. No. Uh, oh. There's just no way they can win this season, though. Like, as much as it would be awesome to see Dana win, just the whole casual audience is against them. There'd be no way they would accept Dana and Matt as winners. I genuinely just want to come onto this podcast next week and have Michelle go, No! I want Sherry and Cole to win, and they're not going to win. Like, the other two teams would have to do so badly. I am charging up the Sherry and Cole spirit cannon. I so want them to win, because it would be (laughs) such a mess. I love Sherry and Cole so much, but it would be such a glorious mess if they won. Regardless of what happens next week, they have the worst average of any team ever to make the final three in any of the 64 (laughs) seasons that will have completed by that point. Regardless, and it's not even that close too. Like they have it by a considerable margin. Best case scenario, it's more than a quarter of a point that they are behind the current losers. That's crazy. Worst case scenario, it's something like point four behind the thing. Actually, I have some notes from the back to the roadblock there, with more of Bernie and Dana and Corey all in conflict with one another. With just a uh, with uh, Bernie ready to complete the roadblock and he's like oh Ashley get ready and then you have Corey from the sideline saying oh ho, ho, Bernie he's he's saying get ready like he's he's, he's gonna beat us today <laughs> trying to really egg on Bernie at the task I just thought that was kind of amusing to watch or Dana asking who the jackass is now which you pointed out earlier I mean we need to talk about this next week but I'm gonna miss Dana I'm gonna miss Sherry I'm gonna miss Bernie and Ashley especially after this week if Sherry and Cole win, they need to replay that epiphany music that they used for Sherry during the roadblock when she was finding the Vatican uh, landmark. Well, not to get too meta or anything, but Sherry and Cole have a great edit, and the season finale title is The Only First That Matters. Spoiler. 
Possibly. Yeah, which is kind of pointing towards a Sherry and Cole win, so I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping and praying that they win. That would be a, a really good uh, Bernie win, though, that title, wouldn't it? It would, which is why everyone who didn't know the final three thought that Bernie and Ashley probably made it from that title. Mm. So Bernie and Ashley switch from Commuter Cycle to Master of Arts, and then Tyler and Corey leave Arts in first, with Dana and Matt in second. Bernie and Ashley doing like two attempts in third, and Sherry and Cole leave Commuter in last. And teams must now find the Shenzhen Library Terrace, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in for the first time all season will be eliminated. That commuter task, it was so much harder once the rain started coming down. You know it's bad when you're trying to ride something and the people around you that are instructing you are starting to use umbrellas, like they're Fonsworth Bentley. And you know full well that had this been a Survivor season, Probst would have been all over that like a rash. The rain is really starting to come down for Sherry and Cole. They're... They're, they're going to have to make up so much time to beat Bernie and Ashley to the pit stop. The only thing probes love more than alpha males is challenges in the rain. Dig, Cole. You've got to dig. Dig, woman. Dig. You do not want to hit that car on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if, if that is what they did, though. If Sherry and Cole just kept hitting all the cars that were on the street there. It would be like a game of Crazy Taxi where, you know, they score points. For causing thousands of dollars in city damages within Shenzhen by the time they got to the clue. And then production would be forced to pay the bill. And then there was coffee spilt on the cars too. Uh, and Bernie and Ashley get stuck in hella congestion and decide to run to the pit stop. But Tyler and Corey are the first team to check in. And they win absolutely nothing. Oh yeah. Did, did any, was there any unearned reward for them? Nope. Corey said on Twitter that they won Jack Diddley shit. Well, they'd won wow. enough, maybe. Maybe that's why. They capped it. They, they, there's now a cap after so many <laughs> seasons. They didn't even get an autographed copy of, of Binge. Like, Phil couldn't have just taken 20 bucks out of his wall and say, here you go, guys, you won something for this leg of the race? Yeah, go get yourself an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get some ice cream, get some coffee, and yeah, it's on me. Like, this season, like, it's really... Compared to last season, the prize the prize money overall spent on first on first place finishes just seems like it's a lot less. I know we had two to be continued rounds last season. But we also had a thirty one grand Fitbit prize. Yes. Which was insane. This this season we've I mean we started out weak from the from the get go with Dean and Matt I think winning two thousand dollars each that went on aired. I think the highest monetary prize we've seen is ten between them, which was Tyler and Corey last week. Yeah, they got 5k each. There's also the Express Pass uh, prize that Kurt and Brody got halfway in the season, so production didn't have to spend any money there. Because there's been, what, was it three cash? Just three straight-up cash prizes, I guess, this season? It's at least three. At least three, and then and then the to-be-continued round in uh, Georgia didn't have anything, right? Or I guess that would have been Armenia. Which one was the to-be-continued round? Was that Armenia? To-be-continued was Armenia, yeah. So, for the first time in the six legs, Bernie and Ashley are not second place. Uh, Dana and Matt are instead. And in a five-minute gap foot race to the mat, Sherry and Cole are the third team to check in, leaving Bernie and Ashley to be the eighth and final team eliminated from the race. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. So, next time, 
team's head back to the home of all things social media, LA, again. Just as Logan will be heading there next week. And the leg features jumping, helicopters, rocks, and boats before one team wins one million dollars. And they have to use the unicycles to get to the finish line. Like, they... They have to use the same ones that Sherry and Cole and Bernie and Ashley were trying to use. One of the Africa legs last season had the whole fruit on the head pit stop race. This time they have to race on uh, handleless segways. Yes, that, that, that would be a twist for the finish line. So we just have one question that we need to cover, which is from our good friend Michael Jenks, saying, Seeing as though this season seems to bring in new younger viewers, should the producers have made this a 14 final leg? Why? What's that got to do with younger viewers? Because they'd keep all their favourite teams in. Because I think, oh. contrary to popular belief, I think Bernie and Ashley actually brought in the most new viewers. I don't think if, if anyone has watched it the whole season, they're not going to not watch the final episode just because one team went out at fourth. It depends who wins. Yeah, it's actually interesting because I was, well, obviously Tyler and Corey and Brian Ashley, I think, brought in the most new viewers, and I just can't see a lot of those people tuning in again next season without them. That's just my opinion anyway. I think it would have been interesting had there been four teams, and also then it would have increased the chances of a team going that I actually wanted to go. It's hard to decide because if you do it too much, people are going to start expecting it. And the the surprise final non-elimination is kind of a good treat occasionally. Yeah, it should be used very rarely, I think. Like, I don't know if uh, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't uh, used for the season, even if it would have supposedly brought in ratings for the finale, just because Rooster Teeth is in it. So is there anything else to say about this leg? Yes, I asked a question. Um, you know when it was raining really hard on the mat? I'm more of it. When has that happened before? Have we had rain on the mat before? Burkina Faso. Did it not also rain in the Kota Kinabalu leg of All Stars? Or All Stars inverted commas? That was that one that was like the least memorable round from Oh fake oh fake All Stars. <laughs> I automatically thought of the Malaysia round from real All Stars. Jeez. Uh, I think so. That's the one with Margie and Luke's most infamous meltdown of all time, isn't it? No, that's the leg after. The, the leg after is with the drinks? Stop it. <laughs> well, I could just rewatch that clip on a repeated loop. The one good bit of fake all-stars. <laughs> and then Brendan and Rachel on the sidelines trying to be encouraging. Stop it. You will not You will not break the glasses, Luke. Go apologize. Apologize to the man for, for breaking the glasses in his club. but in summary yes it has happened before okay lovely what about the dragon leaping at the pit stop there i want to know how they pick greeters yeah did they all audition who who's the who can who's the best two-person team that can put on this dragon costume and leap from post to post and then unveil themselves that it's multiple people (laughs) stacked on top of each other see if this were a good season that would have been a detail task because it has been in the past that's crazy. That, that You can lose an eye. <laughs> that sort of thing. The lion dance has from the Hong Kong legs. I mean, Cole and Sherry and Bernie and Ashley nearly died just from that unicycle. I couldn't imagine them trying to do the, the, the dragon uh, jumping thing. This one's it. No, 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 this is not it. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so... Thank you for listening to this UR Team Number podcast. You can join most of us next week because it doesn't look like Logan's going to be joining us to recap the finale. 
If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page for RTV Warriors, or on our Twitter account at RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages at MJ Armstrong for me, at Logsipwacky for Logan. I don't know why I keep having trouble with your Twitter name at the moment, Logan. <laughs> yeah, you should know it by now. It's it's been I've had that account for a while. Not as long as Bernie's had his Twitter account, but 101 times I've said that now. And at Bear three 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 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Peace. No hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest pause ever. And the hashtag's yeah. going to become the new Final Four uh, non-elimination. Like, they only happen sparingly. Yes. Yeah. It's sad when there's no hashtags. I, like, wait to see what he comes up with. I, uh, <sighs> hashtag James Bond. Hashtag non-futuristic waxy Floyd Airport. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.